Welcome everybody to another one of my um, podcasts and as you all know I'm always delighted to have my guests on um, on the show and uh, I have another amazing guest who uh, as per usual I stumbled across them on social media because that's pretty much where I hang out but it was more importantly um, a really fascinating blog that they had uh, written so we have with us today Joe Barron uh, who's the content manager at Cognizant. Uh, I'll let Joe introduce Cognizant in a, in a minute but what caught my eye was the title of his blog, um, written in May of this uh, this year, 2021, Cognizant's recipe for creating content worth $88,270 in annual revenue. And I went on to read it, and some really interesting insights and narrative around what Joe and his team are doing, but more, more importantly, how they're then attributing that to revenue, which is fundamentally, I think, one of the hardest things to do. So I will now shut up. Uh, Joe, do you want to introduce introduce yourself? Maybe introduce introduce Cognizant as well for them, you know, those listen, who don't know um, who you are, and then we'll go from there. Sure, sure. So, hi everyone. I'm Joe. So I'm the uh, I'm the content manager at Cognizant, as uh, as Alex said, and um, Cognizant is the sales intelligence platform, and we provide um, compliant B two B data to uh, salespeople and marketers. Um, that they can use to find their ideal clients, find, um, you know, so they can build personas of, of, of their, um, uh, their ideal customers and then mm-hmm. they can find others that, that, that match that persona. So it's, it's very much about, um, yeah, it's very much about data and providing data. Fantastic. So would you sit in the world of, I think, is it sales engagement platforms? So you sit alongside the sales force, it's not sales forces, the sales lot and the outreaches, or do you augment and improve what they, you know, improve, you know what I mean by improve, but augment yeah. what those platforms uh, do? Yeah, we, essentially we um, we we augment um, those 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 sorts of platforms. Mm-hmm. So um, you know we, we do actually include like sort of outbound automation as yep. part of the as part of the um, part of, part of the platform. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know we we can integrate with 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 all those big providers as well. Fantastic. Uh, yeah. Cool. So Cognizant in the world of kind of data, finding the ideal customer profile for them salespeople to call, market to, email, what have you, marketers to do, the, to do the, the same. So part of that then, and I've been following kind of Cognizant's journey from when James kind of, James Isolay, this is the CEO kind of family way back when, I remember meeting him in a, an office in London Bridge when one could do that long before anybody knew <laughs> the world was going to do what the world was, the world is currently, uh, currently um, doing. So reading your story when you joined, I think it was back in 2018, and it was just you and Cognizant was on the, on the, on the upward tick of the, ho- the, the, the hockey curve, if, if, you, if you will. How, mm. how, 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 <laughs> how did you go about kind of doing what you've done and then building the team that you've, you've created to then get to this point where you are now able to kind of really attribute kind of the, the content to annual revenue if we look at, and i will shut up, my, my guests know i waffle for a bit then i will shut up i will no, that's fine um and if i'm looking at research from the likes of seth mars at um forrester where they're now saying i think they've released early this year 60 percent of the respondents can now shortlist vendors you know purely on digital content alone so the kind of organization's content strategy is going to become critical so what what's what's the story that behind the the blog in terms of in terms of that and what pearls of wisdom and knowledge can you impart for our, my wonderful audience and me? <laughs> sure. So, I guess my journey at Cognizant was was um, well, it was it's, it's kind of been long and very interesting. 
So my I was initially brought on as a content writer mm-hmm. to um, basically improve the quality of what we were doing. Yeah. Because uh, there was a general feeling in the business that you know uh, the, the blogs that were being produced at the time um, weren't of sufficient quality and standard. Yeah. Uh, so that was definitely my focus in the very early days when I first came on board. And then my role evolved over time. So uh, then I was uh, promoted to content manager. Mm-hmm. I got a lot more heavily involved in um, SEO, which and in the early days, I kind of had a rudimentary knowledge of, but yep. I wasn't by any means like, like a, a, an expert. And I think SEO is one of those things that um, even, even, uh, even as much as you kind of work on it and, and work with it, you still always feel like you're a bit of a student, you know, cause there's yeah. just so many, so many bits to it. But um, certainly my role changed just from a straight kind of almost copywriting role to yeah. um, setting more of the keyword strategy, finding yeah. keywords that we should target with our content, um, trying to, you know, rank organically for those, for those keywords on Google, yeah. um, building out uh, key uh, content calendars, um, for you know all the um, all, all the content that we do and sort of uh, planning strategy, all those all those things. So yeah, it's it's been it's been a nice kind of like gradual evolution for me mm-hmm. over time. Um, so yeah, I guess that's 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 been my journey thus far. And now I'm at a point where uh, you know I'm managing a team. Yeah, like you said, Alex, at the beginning it was it was literally just just me. I mean, there was two other people in marketing at the time, but they had very different roles. One was yeah. like of and the other was kind of um, doing um, doing like managing events and social media, mm-hmm. so so very different roles yeah. to, to what I was doing. And then content basically just became a much bigger player. I think as as we kind of realised how how much you know you can how much content can deliver for, for a business, yeah. Just in terms of um, the sort of soft stuff like you know brand awareness and mm-hmm. followers on on LinkedIn. Yeah, like that. It's actually it, we realised that pretty pretty early on that actually if you produce quality content that that people actually really want, then that can be really a, a powerful thing for like you know generating revenue for a business. Yep. And I suppose like uh, it, it was actually impressed on me very early on that that was kind of where content had to go and like okay. where marketing at Cognizant had to go as well. Yeah. So from a leadership perspective, it was like you're you you're here now and this is where we are today but actually where we want to get this to is yes obviously the 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 brand is important and the brand positioning kind of brand awareness is 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 key but then it's how how are we then attributing what we're spending on you and your teams and all this content that's actually converting into um into leads and i think i probably used to be the thorn in most of in, in my previous life when i was uh um, within large organizations, the thorn in marketing side, because I was that belligerent salesperson going, well, that's all well and good in terms of the views and the likes of the comments. Where are the goddamn leads? Because yeah. without that, then for me, this, this hasn't, um, uh, this hasn't, uh, this hasn't worked. So if we kind of put the, the, your content hat on, we'll keep your content hat on. Um, it's a hot, warm day here in London on the, uh, on the third. <laughs> it really uh, is. No air conditioning. <laughs> the, the, the tracking aspects of, um, of content, and then I'll come back, I'm going to do this back to front because this is kind of following the, the, the wall of your, your blog. We'll then come to content creation and the ideas of where to start. But, you know, you say start tracking things like unique blog views, Google rankings, content uh, SQOs. I'm assuming that's sales qualified opportunities Mm -hmm. uh, and then content closed one deals. So if we 
start to break that down. Let's focus on the, the, the unique blog views. What sort of things do, what do we actually mean by that? Because a view is a view, right? But how good is a view? <laughs> That's a very good question. But uh, a unique blog view is essentially, it's because you can have blog views that are, you know, returning, returning uh, yeah. users to, mm -hmm. to your website. The unique blog views are, that's kind of like brand new people. That's mm -hmm. kind of like people that are, you know, experiencing and interacting with your content for kind of like the first time. Yeah. Uh, so we thought that was a really, a really sort of like powerful metric mm -hmm. to, 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 to look at because it shows month on month how, how, how many new people your content is actually Got you. bringing to the company. Yeah. Um, and you know, Cognizant's a, a startup, scale up, and yep. it's all about it's it's all about growth. You know, we have to we have to prove that you know we're we're growing an audience um, every month, as lot alongside the other things that you've mentioned, like like yeah. and and close one deals. But that was um, impressed on me, you know, as a as a metric to 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 focus on. So wanting to see kind of the month on month increase, the unique views are important, but it's it's much the unique views that that are yeah. coming to. To suggest we're we're growing and what more and more new people coming to look at the um uh, look at the, the the website, which again that's then that's when things like the content calendar I guess comes into play because you need to keep the content fresh and also as good as the last kind of piece of content that was created to get your returning visitors to come back, but then encourage new people to come um to come uh, forward. Absolutely. The whole the whole kind of Google ranking. Oh, yeah, there's always big debate online around SEO and search and page one and this and this and that. And I, I totally get it. The page one, and I like the joke that you talk about the best place to hide a dead body is on page two of, <laughs> of, of a Google Google search. But um, search, I mean, it seems to be a dark art in the world of SEO. And you kind of touched on it. You one always forever. It seems to be that you're always being the, the student of it. And sometimes I feel like that when I'm learning what LinkedIn's doing in terms of the things that they're constantly changing and, and behaving. But what are some kind of basic hygiene factors that the listeners need to consider around Google, Google rankings? You know, the, the, the real kind of nut, nuts and bolts of at least being on the right path to appearing top of page one in, in an ideal ideal scenario. And I'm guessing this is, you're, we're talking organic search here. This isn't paid yeah. or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. Content at Cognizant is purely organic. Okay. So it's, cool. it's all, yeah, it's purely an organic growth thing. So with SEO, and again, I feel like there's a lot of, um, like you said, there's a lot of kind of confusion about it. A lot of mm -hmm. almost like um, it's become this kind of like mythic thing that, that people are actually kind of a little bit afraid of. Yeah know too much about it and certainly like i kind of was like that in the beginning but actually if you break it down into the into the into its you know very basic elements it's actually incredibly simple mm -hmm. so all you have to do is really and this is the way that i've done it and it's worked for me right so <laughs> i'm actually speaking from from experience definitely so you know all, all all we did at cognizant was we said okay so we've got you know we've got our target keywords yeah which you know we found ones that were relevant to our business that mm -hmm. were you know, had high search volumes, but low keyword difficulty, which means that, you know, lots of people are searching for it month on month. Yeah. But it won't take you that much effort in terms of content pr production and creation to mm -hmm. rank for that term. So we created pages that were, you know, very specifically optimized for a target keyword. So for instance, B2B lead generation is one of our target keywords. 
we created a page specifically for that. It was, you know, 2000 plus words long. It's got things like, you know, videos, infographics, because Google loves, loves stuff like that. Um, you know, we, we, we put in um, sort of um, anchor menus, which, which, um, which also seems to be a big, a big factor in terms of like, you know, the on-page things that you can do that sort of improve, improve your rankings a lot. Yeah. So we created these pages, we published them, and then every, every blog that we did, you just make sure you include your keyword and you link back to that page. Cool. And, and basically every, every blog that you're publishing is basically adding to the firepower and the juice mm -hmm. of, of, of that keyword. So it's basically, it's basically pointing at that page and saying to Google, you know what, this, this page is an authoritative bit of content mm -hmm. that, that, that needs to be trusted. Um, and, you know, if you do that, if you plug away at it for over months and years, and it can take that long. So, you know, we started, I think we started targeting B2B lead generation in like mid 2019. I think, I think we kind of got the, the UK Google top spot, maybe, you know, eight, eight to nine months later, yeah. a bit longer, in fact, I mean, it took us a while to, to, to kind of, to kind of get some of these terms. Like I say, it's all about the keyword difficulty. If it's, if it's really low, you can get on page one. Uh, or even the top spot in like you know only a couple of blocks really you know so that's that's really in a nutshell to be honest you make it sound incredibly easy i'm sure it's uh, I'm, I'm sure i'm sure it's not how do, i guess i'm taking a step i'm, I'm not a you know marketer by back by by background although I'm, I'm i'm learning on the learning on the way in terms of so the, the the keyword search in terms of the kind of the the anchor point of the the website. Let's um, pick. I think it's B two B lead generation. You said. Does that mean you have to repeat B two B lead generation lots of times in that main piece, or it's just how does that actually work? I mean, I mean, there's a lot of opinion is divided on 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 that subject a bit. In right. essence, I mean, certainly, I my 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 thing has always been don't kind of like game the system if you know what yep. I mean. So. Basically, you just write, write, just just write good quality content. Yeah. Don't try and sort of second guess or you know try to um, you know I'm not quite sure what the word is, but don't try and like cheat your way yeah. to 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 to, to, um, to 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 page one. Mm -hmm. Write a good quality bit of content that that reads well, that 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 you know is engaging, that answers all the questions that people have about that subject, and and you'll find if you do that, then um, you know, Google will, will will prize that way higher than, than than the page that's like got, say, for instance, B two B lead generation just just got the keyword stuffed in it like you know yeah. thousand times. You know, Google Google doesn't really prioritize that stuff anymore. Now it's all about. I mean, I think I'm pretty sure that their own their own guidelines that they have on on uh, on, on their sort of like you know their webmaster uh, uh, FAQ website. I mean, it's all about quality. It's all just yeah. about right right a quality bit of content which is i think fair, fair enough and I, interesting i think that's of course anything you'll do if you're writing a social media post if you're doing a video if you're doing whatever it is it's got to be um i did a podcast with a gentleman called simon kemp a couple of weeks ago and he was talking about it's got to be worthy of your audience's attention you know Absolutely. his view in terms of um you know people having a meltdown about cookies and all that kind of stuff and i think he said i paraphrase he said if you were relying on technology that stalked your audience around the internet that suggests you've got a pretty a pretty poor relationship with your audience that's, that's what yeah. you um need to uh, to do okay cool so then so i get it's the the unique view especially if you're calling like hyper growth the hyper growth phase that makes sense the um writing the quality content 
understanding kind of the target the, the the target words that people are um searching i mean you mentioned some tools in uh in your blog i use a tool called answer the public which is pretty cool you type in keywords and it tells you the different way people are searching or the types of questions that people are asking around that i'm i managed to get a few of my youtube videos on page one with a really kind of obscure question that someone was asked related to a topic right. and there you go you appear, yeah. you appear yeah, on yeah. page one yeah <laughs> um yeah, I think as well, some people just think that SEO is, I think they think that SEO requires this huge amount of effort. Mm -hmm. In some cases it does, in some cases it really doesn't. You know, like we, we've pub, we're now starting to publish um, content based upon like in uh, the RevOps audience, revenue yeah. operations. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, we, we, if with just like one single optimized SEO page based on revenue ops, and then just one blog linking to it. We, we got on UK Google page one just on that because the, the, the difficulty for that keyword was so low. Like, yeah. you, you really don't need to put in a huge amount of effort with, with, with some SEO stuff. You can, you can do it really quickly and easily. And I think you raise an interesting point there because uh, RevOps is now starting to become a, a thing. Mm. Revenue operations, for those of you that don't, um, don't know, go and Google it and you'll, you'll find, <laughs> find the conversations that are happening. But if, you, if one is able to get in early on those, those words that are on a low difficulty score to start with, when it becomes probably in 12 to 18 months time, the equivalent of what is sales enablement, I know I'll get shot for saying that, that revenue <laughs> is basically sales enablement, but sales enablement version 2.0 or what have you, mm. you will already be the authority, the authoritative voice on that because you, you started, you started early. So I guess it's sometimes taking a bit of a gamble on maybe a topic that has not already been talked about at the moment, but it takes little effort to get to page one. And then could yeah. actually reap dividends, and you know, later, oh, absolutely. later on in, uh, in in life, with just while we're focused on on the, the the content bit of it itself, I'm trying to my brain's just stuck in sludge at the moment. I'm trying to author a piece on employee advocacy, and kind of where I believe it's it's going based on my experience as an employee of an employee advocacy program, and and then advising to clients the last four years. And now in terms of what we do it lately with our um, with our uh, AI, are you encouraging? Are you relying purely just on your corporate pages to kind of push the content, or are you encouraging your employees that are happy to do so to kind of push this content in, into their network their network further? That's a really good question, Alex. And actually, that is something that we have just started to pivot towards okay. in in in, uh, in recent weeks and months. Yeah. So. Um, one one thing that was all that one thing that we identified perhaps this year was that we had some kind of issues with distribution like yep. we, we were producing great content we were getting on the you know the the top page of, of, of google in you know worldwide for all these terms but you know it wasn't perhaps being seen by the right kind of people yeah so you know now our focus is very much going after um uh, how do we distribute our content in the best way possible for the, you know, our real target audience, our real ICP to see it, not just yeah. the people that are searching for that term on Google, but the people yeah. for whom that term actually matters. Uh, it means something to them, right? So yeah. um, we are, yeah, we're, we're investing a bit more time in sort of like personal branding with our, um, with our colleagues yeah. in sales, marketing. So we're asking them to, you know, get more involved post more on LinkedIn, 
Yeah. Uh, we're looking at, you know, Reddit groups. We're looking at Slack groups. Mm-hmm. We're basically just trying to kind of just see where we can, where, where can we put our content where people are really going to, are really going to see it and get the, best, the most amount of value from it. But yeah. I think that employee advocacy is actually very, very important. I mean, we've got a couple of people in our team who are, you know, actually now are fairly, you know, they're big kind of names on, yeah. on LinkedIn in the B2B space, you know, mm-hmm. people, people follow them, people uh, engage with their content. Yeah. So yeah, I think if you have people in your organization that, that, that actually sometimes they have bigger profiles than the company. Yeah. Yeah. And those are the people that you, you want to sort of get on board with, 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 with content and just say, Hey, look, you know, I've, I've written this blog. Could you, could you post about it? Cause chances are they'll get, they'll get more likes, more, more engagement, more eyeballs. Yeah. yeah. Than, than, than the company LinkedIn would, you know? Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, 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 it's an interesting, it's, it's, you know, to your comments around SEO and everything's kind of moving so fast. It's such a kind of a movable, a movable feast. And I think without getting kind of sucked too into the employee advocacy piece, I think that what was interesting to me, the chat from IBM back in 2017, I think he said that we have, I was chatting, some chatting to him about this, Andrew McGrill, and he said he views it that, that we as employees lease our personal brands to our employers. So do we, the employee, actually have to, you know, does the employer almost have to ask permission of the employee to to leverage that personal brand in a way that is going to, going to support them? But maybe we'll jump on a, on a, on a separate podcast to, to debate that once we see how you uh, how, how you got on with what you're doing. I feel with that, it should, I feel like it works best when it is just voluntary, you know, yeah. you just kind of, when you, when you get people on board, rather than saying, you must do this, you must post this, you must you know, linked to this blog, it's more kind of better when you just kind of like get people on board. And, and actually that's part of kind of the, um, that's part of like my role, I guess, is to kind of get sort of like the, the wider business excited about what my team is doing mm-hmm. and actually saying, hey, look, we've got this great bit of content coming out. You know, uh, it could really help your clients. It could really help, um, you know, prospects. It could help you get a deal over the line. You know, it could, you know, you can use it in all different ways. Um, yeah, I think it's best when you kind of just, get people involved in a kind of voluntary way you know you, you want people to engage with it because they because want to not because you're telling them to yeah yeah they've yeah. been told to which actually i think you know second it leads very nicely into um you know you, you you touched on you know what is every kind of salesperson's kind of what do they want they want more leads they want more quality you know, more quality leads and quicker mm-hmm. uh, deal cycles right because commission etc cetera, etc cetera. so how how did you go about starting to kind of put the metrics and the measurements in place to a a measure, I guess, from a more of a revenue attribution perspective to the actual? Uh, I'm going I'm to use the word proof, but I totally respect and understand it is really quite difficult unless you're going to correct me otherwise to <laughs> prove you know hard and fast that without that thing that that this outcome in terms of deal deal one would or wouldn't have, have, have happened but i believe that there there is now enough technology and enough kind of depending on how sophisticated your 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 attribution processes are there's enough out there to go yeah i'm pretty sure if we hadn't done that thing that conversation wouldn't have happened which wouldn't have led to that which wouldn't have led to that so we can kind of attribute that to that so how have you how have you gone about doing that because that is you know one of the the biggest questions I was always asked when I was when I was an independent consultant before joining lately was, "Prove to me this works," <laughs> and I I pushed back to them, going, "Well, what are you what's your internal you know your internal systems like?" And they would go, "Well, they're not very good." And I'm like, "Well, the chances are we probably can't." 
So I guess thinking about this in terms of, you know, uh, tracking the success of content, mm -hmm. uh, there are really kind of like three pillars to it. Um, and the first is basically you just have to give, give, you know, give people ownership of it. Um, because when, when my Alice, my, my CMO, mm -hmm. uh, she was the then head of marketing now CMO, when she joined, she was very keen to, you know, um, that I, as a content manager should take on, um, these targets. Right. So yeah. it, it basically came about that, um, you know, she was like, if we want to build out content into this great big revenue channel, and I think we can, then you know, it's, you, you have to have ownership of, 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 of that and actually kind of be comfortable in having ownership of mm -hmm. that target. So, you know, 50% of, um, of, our, of our SQOs um, come, from, come from inbound and, and gated content. Um, and, uh, you know, the other 50% will be more from demand gen campaigns yeah. and PPC. Um, so that's kind of 50% of SQOs is kind of for my team to generate. Yeah. And then uh, there's a proportion of the revenue target for the whole marketing team is also attributed to, to, to the content team as well. Uh, so the first step is actually just saying to you, right, these are the targets, work towards them. Yeah. Um, and then after you've done that, you just need to set clear KPIs for everyone in the team about like how we're going to go about doing this. And obviously SEO is a big, is a big factor involved in that because that's going to drive inbounds to your website. Um, and then you know the, the blog writing you do as well is also gonna is also gonna um, is also gonna um, contribute to that. And then there's the gated content that we produce. So we follow the strategy where you know we're publishing blogs weekly. Yeah. And you know obviously like I said they're contributing to SEO, which is con mm -hmm. contributing to your inbounds. Yeah. And then you know we will also be producing say once a month a, a white paper, mm -hmm. one of our target. Um, demographics, so like yeah. you know, uh, CMOs, for instance, we did a white paper about CMOs recently. Yeah, we did one for RevOps, which is our latest one, which is coming yeah. out, I think, I think this week. Um, and then it builds up towards a much bigger ebook at the end of the six months, where you can literally just collate all of the blogs that you've done mm -hmm. in one big chunky like lead magnet sort of ebook for that, that people have to um, you know uh, sort of go on a landing page to download. Yeah. And then basically, once you've once you've set KPIs around those targets, so we'll, we'll, we'll be producing X number of blogs per month. We'll be producing X number of white papers per month. We'll be doing eBooks every every quarter, every half year, whatever. And then it's all about just like tracking the progress of, of all this work. Yeah. How it's worked at Cognizant is, um, you know, we use tracking links, UTM tracking links, mm -hmm. where in the characteristic you can have. You know, for instance, you could have the blog title or the ebook title. And then basically you set up um, Salesforce uh, dashboards, which can show you that, you know, um, actually that the content has produced these amount of squows, has produced this yeah. amount of close one deals. And it's all tied back to, to, to revenue via those tracking links. So you can see, ah, oh, the characteristic in, in this account, um, it all comes from... A webinar, or it all comes from uh, an ebook, or it all comes mm -hmm. from a white paper. So that's really how how we that's how I track revenue generated by content at Cognizant. Um, it's it's again it sounds again it's sort of it's one of those things I think as well that especially in content and perhaps 
I mean, yeah, probably especially in content, you know, people, content people aren't naturally numbers people, you know, we are sort of, we are artists in, in creatives, in, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're creatives where, and most people in content all tend to be, you know, they tend to have, you know, sort of very creative things um, in their kind of um, outside their, their work life. Yeah. So you know, there'll, there'll be writers, there'll be designers, there'll be mm -hmm. filmmakers, you know. Um, so actually it, it's kind of interesting and me not being like a numbers guy in many ways, I've had to sort of really change my mindset and sort of get more, more, just get more confident about, about this kind of stuff. But it, yeah, I mean, it sounds complicated, but actually once you've got UTM tracking codes, you, you've yeah. got those things in place and you've got your Salesforce dashboard set up, then you can just, you can just go into any account and pretty much just see where, where it's come from. Where it's like, all started, where, yeah. where, where it's come from. Yeah. And I'm now going to be on your, your side, your side of the table, because this was the argument that, or the, the argument, that's the strong word, the debate that I would have with, with clients around social selling in terms of prove, you know, to prove to me social selling works. And my argument was, well, if your sales teams do what I guide them to do around personal brand network content, they will generate opportunity. They will generate conversations because that's how I have generated all my business has been through inbound or through um, referrals. I, however, cannot control their ability to convert and close that business into, into an opportunity. So, and then, and then close one business. Do you get a bit of leeway in terms, I'm not saying the conference and sales teams, you know, I'm sure they're very, very good at what they do, but you're not necessarily going to close everything that, that comes through from, um, from, from, con from the content side of things, or that is, is an, an inbound lead for whatever reason, these things kind of just don't happen. Right. Mm. Are you giving a, is your team giving a bit of leeway in terms of pipeline generation versus closed one, or is it closed one and that's it? <laughs> I mean, there's, I mean, the focus for me is, is on the closed one. Fair enough. I mean, I understand. Yeah. I mean, there's a bit of, there's, there's, there's leeway there. I think that the really interesting thing when you talk about um, sales v marketing is actually at Cognizant, we made a, there's been a very deliberate part of the company culture was to kind of, just knock that silo down. So we're not really, you know, we kind of see ourselves as the same team. You know? Yeah. So, you know, uh, we basically try and call ourselves the revenue team. You know, it's the salespeople and the marketers all together. We're all working towards the same end. And certainly, you know, the sort of the mantra for the whole marketing team at Cognizant is just to make sales easier. Yeah. Like that. that's, kind of, that's kind of like our whole mission. I like that. Yeah. We're, we're not, we're not here to, you know, so in terms of the content, you know, we're, we're, we're here to generate the best quality, most targeted, most focused leads for sales to convert into customers. That's basically what our thinking is. Mm -hmm. um, and we actually have um, a group in the sales team that are, they're, they're not SDRs, they're MDRs, which is marketing development representatives. So their whole role Right. Is, just to, is just to follow up on content leads, right? So it's to follow right. up on, is to follow up on, uh, you know, people who have attended webinars, people yeah. who have downloaded eBooks and so on. And that's been, I think, a really um, a, a powerful kind of, kind of thing to do because then you almost have like, you know, that, that kind of missing link between mm -hmm. sales and marketing, it, it, it's not missing anymore. You actually have salespeople that are kind of directly engaged with the content that, that you're producing. Yeah. And they can give you, you know, they're talking to people on the front line every day, they're cold calling, they're, you know, social selling. Yeah. They're on LinkedIn 
and they can give you the most amazing feedback from people on 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 the content that you're producing and you know how you can maybe improve it next time you know what can you do can you change this thing make it a bit better you know if we just changed a paragraph in this blog maybe it would work better for this audience you know so i feel like actually aligning the two teams especially from a content perspective mm-hmm. has been like a, a, an amazing thing to do and certainly i've never had a sense ever that we're in competition with each other or that we're you know fighting against each other it's always been very collaborative and um and uh, you know we kind of we, we, we it's all one team you know really well, I think that's absolutely testament to you know James and Alice and 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 the leadership team of that. I think you're the first organisation I've spoke I've spoken to. A where you're carrying you're actually carrying a hard <laughs> a hard number if you uh, if you will, and the fact that you don't even see yourselves as sales and marketing or the colouring in department as I call it many many years ago. Um, my wife would shoot me. Is <laughs> just um, it's it's re- it's revenue, and I love that mantra that we're here to make sales easier. Or I paraphrase in terms of words, in terms of what. No, that's that's it. That is that is just such a brilliant. And if a salesperson understands that that's what your fundamental purpose in life is to make my job easier, then hopefully that that person is more willing to then work with the team because I think it's 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 always been fascinating for me around the whole debate you see sales v marketing. The marketing qualified leads are crap. Blah 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 etc etc yet the sales team to your point they're on the cold face they're talking to the customers they're hearing what's going on then so tell your marketing team that if you're marketing of you know worth half (laughs) half what they're supposed to be doing they then turn that back into a story they then turn that back into content which then resonates and then we distribute that ideally back into your own proprietary network because as a salesperson you should be connecting and networking with (laughs) with the ideal customers so you want them to you know have the have the eyeballs and then we go we kind of go um go full circle as it's uh, uh, as it were and like one thing one thing i've actually uh you know noticed and picked up from talking to you know salespeople, the sdrs and the, and the account execs here is that they're actually they're all like super fascinated in in content mm-hmm. they want to know what keywords we're, 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 we're targeting that they want to know um you know about um you know how do you put a blog together and like you know uh, what kind of what kind of influencers and thought leaders are you guys sort of you know working with who's who's collaborating on your blog this week um you know they're actually all really super keen in my experience to to know about what we do you know and in the same way with with us you know kind of um so much of our content is actually based on on sales and sales people and uh you know the challenges they face and things like that and we actually we did an exercise again when we were in the office pre-covid uh, we did do an exercise where we did like a cold calling day where you know the whole of marketing was was on the phone we were we were cold calling awesome Uh, i was i was i was given content leads right and i was sort of calling up people and saying hey i'm the guy that wrote that ebook you downloaded (laughs) let's let's have a chat and again that was that was like that's a really that again that sort of brought everyone together in like a really good way i think you know um and uh, you know he gave everyone like a good he gave me certainly a really good idea of, of what it's like to do that job and you know i feel like as well that if you're writing content about things like cold calling then you should be to go yourself right with some authority about how unbelievably you know rewarding it can be but also bloody hard and soul destroying at the, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> at, yeah, the, yeah. at the same time crikey i remember back in the day when i did it none of this te- whizzy whiz bang technology lit existed it was just lists of people that you don't even know we didn't even know mm. the right the right numbers and you just hundred dollars a day get on with it type sort of and thing. it's 
it's it's it's actually the 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 doing of that as well and also just you know i would also say to any content people out there that, that are listening or, or watching is that you know always just speak to your sales people speak to your sales guys speak to your sdrs you know they're the guys that are just like speaking to mm-hmm. you know all of all the all the customers all the prospects you know they've got so much knowledge that you can that you can leverage for for, for your own content and also just um you know if you've got like uh, if, if you've got an opportunity to listen to recordings of cold calls mm-hmm. or, or product demos those are also invaluable as well i really recommend that you that, that you know you, you uh, that everyone out there in content does that that's a really good point on the product demo side of things is again if you're just listening you can hear the questions that Mm. the prospect is is asking because it's going to give you lots of different kind of angles that people are coming at because we all have a perception of what we how we think people are going to interpret what we yeah. think um, yeah and then and- when you start to talk to someone it's like what <laughs> how have you come to that conclusion doesn't matter they come to that conclusion <laughs> yeah i mean that's a very key part of there's this whole other area of, of seo actually um which is called uh, pain point seo mm-hmm where if you can't really find those keywords that I mentioned earlier, if you don't really have any keywords that are relevant to your business that you think you can, you, you can rank really um, you know, easily for, yeah. you can just do pain point SEO. And that's just, again, it's, it's a simple thing. All you need to do, just listen to you know, cold calls and product demos with, um, with, with your salespeople, um, write down all the questions that prospects ask and customers ask in those calls. And those are your blog titles. Yeah. And all you do is just like answer the question. In, in How a, do you, did you know? How do yeah. I, where do I, what yeah, do yeah. I? Yeah. 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 And it's, it's the, the thing is, is, is I do start, and I'm guilty of this of, of, of myself. Sometimes I think we just, we just overcomplicate things. And part of that sometimes can be, we get too into the weeds of the technology and the tracking and the data and et cetera, et cetera. I think there obviously needs to be some of that in it. But if you mm-hmm. brought everything down to kind of the bare, the bare kind of foundations of what we're trying to do is just answer questions that people have got. And if yeah. you can answer them, if you can answer them well in an informative human manner that they are able to understand and then in a relatable way, they're more likely to want to have, you know, learn, want to learn more and have more of a, com- more of a conversation with you than, yeah. um, than not. But uh, and that, that stuff can really help you as well when it comes to actually just, 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 you know, writing blogs that, and, and, and content pieces that, that people really want. To, to read and engage with because you know you're if you listen to the way your salespeople talk and again when I started in Cognizant we were in an office sales and marketing were all together in one one room at the time I was listening to hundreds of cold calls mm-hmm. and, you know just from sitting on a desk yeah. people and I was bringing in all the all the language they were using bringing in all the kind of uh, the lingo they had the pattern mm-hmm. you know, and I was writing blogs and you know, um, you know, longer white papers in that kind of style, using the language they use every day. Um, you know, sort sort of re- really getting, um, really getting to the heart of, of of kind of aiming content at a very specific audience. You know, um, and just that's that's another key part of it. So yeah, I'll just say that um, you just gotta you gotta listen to your salespeople and what they're what they're saying. Yeah. yeah. I think on a on that's been it's kind of reinvigorated me in terms because I haven't written a blog for 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 a while and I keep saying I need to do it and I'm trying to get my ass in gear to do it but I think I'm I'm sitting here overcomplicating things I'm going to go for a short walk after this and then reflect and then um then come back but this has been you know hugely insightful and um uh, and helpful 
Uh, I will point people, I will point the audience, um, both listening and uh, watching, hello, uh, to uh, Joe's uh, blog that he wrote, because there's some really useful links and templates and tools that you point people to for, to help people kind of un understand that. So if you're listening, watching, highly recommend that you go and click on um, that, uh, that blog to get those, uh, those tools and those templates that um, Joe is uh, making reference to. Uh, Joe, where can people find you? I'm guessing LinkedIn, if they want to just yeah. follow up, potentially Absolutely. collaborate with you in terms of any, any shape or form in terms of that side of things. Um, so yeah. mention this podcast when you're reaching out to Joe and uh, doing that personalized connection request, please, that you've listened to <laughs> his, his insights on, uh, on, on here. But um, other than that, Joe, that's been amazing. Thank you so much for your um, your time and attention uh, today. I hope you enjoyed it because I believe this is your first podcast. I, I I really did, Alex. I really did. Yeah, it's my first uh, my first podcast. So um, yeah, well, thank you for you to do some uh, do I some. Would, I would I would love to. Yeah. So you know, if anyone out there is listening that wants uh, wants 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 me to. Uh, uh, talk about all things content marketing and do uh, do connect with me on LinkedIn and uh, I'd love to uh, love to get more involved in the, this whole podcasting world yeah perfect what a way to uh, to end Joe thank you uh, thank you to my audience as always thank you for listening if you want to be on this podcast much like Joe hit me up if you want to recommend some people much like Joe hit me up otherwise stay safe wherever you're in the world and I will see you on social <laughs>